Blog Talk Radio. Hey yo, what's good? It's your boy Jerusalem from the Scarfella Music Group, and you on the air with the hottest station, Andy Fire. Andy Fire. With your host, Lil Timmy and Nakia, right here, right on the here, station, right here, right all the hottest right hip hop hits, Andy Fire. Andy Fire. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. Yes, it's Thursday, and you're tuned into another episode of Indie Fire right here with your host, Nikia. Now, look, I made a promise on Facebook not too long ago that I was going to behave tonight and that I was not going to mention anyone's names who had, you know, kind of done some wrong things this week to me, like anyone. Um, but I don't know. I might have to talk about it because it's just it's it's pressing on my my spirit. Like I need to to get it out. You know what I'm saying? And no other better way to do so. But right here, you know, on live radio. Um, but I'm gonna hold off. I'm gonna hold off for a minute. All right. <laughs> um, but I do want to talk about some people. I do. I'm, and I talk about them every week because I just I don't understand what the problem is. Like, if you're listening now, I want you to take down my personal email address, all right? Not my assistant. Um, take down my personal email address. I need intro music, all right? I need intro music. And as I have stated in the past, I don't know, month or so, there's seven people that are working on intro music for four shows. And I don't know, they just are that busy. Like, I fail to believe anyone could be any more busier than I am. But whatever the case may be, if you're listening, I need intro music, all right? Uh, my personal business email address is girlinmotion at com. all right? So that's G-R-L-N-M-O-T-I-O-N at com. All right, let me see what you got, and I'm going to give you what I got, and we're going to put you two together and get this intro music done, all right? It's, I promise you, it's not that hard. I know it's not. I know it's not. All right, so we talked last week about the little girl who was found in the duffel bag in California, right? So they were able to identify her, and uh, she was nine-year-old, Trinity Love, Jones um, from Hacienda Heights, California, and she was allegedly killed around March the 1st. Um, Her body was found on March the 5th in a um, black duffel bag. When you think duffel bags, you think of the really small ones like, you know, um, the kids may carry to put their gym clothes in or whatever, but it, it was actually an upright standing. It's more like a suitcase, um, but a black duffel bag. Um, and she was wearing pants with a pad, a panda pattern, pink shirt that, that read Future Princess Hero. Well, this week, I want to say two days ago, so Tuesday, the boyfriend of her mother, Um, He was actually one of the suspects that was arrested um, last week. Um, But without motive and without uh, an explanation to what 
you know, occurred. They did find her mother's boyfriend guilty, um, and they have arrested him. He's on a $2 million bail. Um, if he's convicted, he faces a sentence of up to 50 years to life. The most, all of this is disheartening. But the, I guess the thing that really gets me and the people that I've talked to about this is that this man, um, I think his name is Emil Hunt, he has a record of felony child abuse. Like, at what point do you not feel that information like this is important to divulge? Um, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, at what point, really, do you say to your significant other, you know, I probably, we should probably meet, you know, like at my house, you know, or you know, what I'm saying we should go out to dinner, like. I don't know, but when I guess when that's in somebody, then that's not anything they're going to, you know, up and confess. You're feeling the moms, and so uh, the mom has, you know, a child. You know you probably should not be anywhere near this child, but nevertheless, you're dating the mother. Um, the mother hasn't really said anything um, media-wise. The father um, of the little girl you know, is curious, you know. Not only is my, my nine-year-old daughter, who everybody spoke highly of, you know, um, is is now gone, but my baby's mom's boyfriend is responsible for this. I can't even imagine what's going through his head. Um, well, not only the, the, the mother. I mean, maybe she knew, maybe she just was to sleep that one alone. Uh, anyway, there were no visible signs of trauma on the outside. Um, so we'll just wait and find out. I'll report again next Thursday as to what is going on with that case. Very, very sad. Very sad. I feel like I've been in seclusion preparing for midterms and um different things that are going on, you know, in my life and trying to catch up from when I was sick. And so I feel like this week I've been in total seclusion. Like I don't even know half the things that have gone on. I do know, and I know that you all have heard about it, um, the Operation College, mm, shit, Operation, you know what I'm talking about, right? All of the, the, you know, celebrities that are being arrested for, um, bribing and they didn't personally do it but you know they hired a gentleman who has taken full credit for for everything Um, nevertheless these parents were still paying money to have people sit in as you know proctors um, while their child took the ACT requesting kids getting extended time on the SAT having some kids even say they had like a mental disability that will cause them to need additional time um, for going in and taking the test for them, you know, and, and people overlooking the fact that, wait a minute, that person don't even look like they're in high school, you know what I'm saying? So there's been a lot of celebrities 
well, several, I'll say several celebrities, but a lot of, you know, um, wealthy people. If I had the money, I don't even think I would do that. Like, you know, at, at what point do you draw the line um, at trying to 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 be the, the parent and think that you're looking out for the best interest of your child when in actuality now what have you taught your child? You know what I'm saying? Um, some of the, the children were speaking up. You know, some of them were just very remorseful of what their parents had done. Some of them used this opportunity to promote different things in their lives. You know, one gentleman was promoting his, his rap album um, while, while being asked these questions, you know, trying to evade um, answering the questions. But I think back to, I want to say it was December, maybe November of this year, when, the, when a young black girl in uh, Florida in March or May, she got a 900, right? And so the college that she wants to get in, she knew she had to work extra hard. You know, and I want to say the college is FAMU, but she had to work extra hard to get into that school. She had to increase her SAT score. She knew all of that. So her mom went out and bought, you know, um, lots of material for her. She took practice tests upon practice tests upon practice tests, and her score shot up significantly. I want to say it was 300 points, maybe four. Anyway, her test was flagged. Um, and they never gave the family a explanation, like one that was worthwhile. Um, you know, they want to say stuff like tests can be flagged for many reasons. But bottom line was your answers kind of look like somebody answers, you know, somebody else's answers. Now I'm about to near you. Well, my daughter's taken the SAT three times. Once last year, you know, as practice, and then twice this year. Again, first time, um, not, I mean, she had a nine, 900 as well. Then the second time she needs to increase her scores, you know, to get into the schools that she wanted to get into. She didn't make a 300 jump, but she did make a 210 jump. You know what I'm saying? So my daughter's saying there's no way that nobody can cheat. The test's not even the same to start with. Nobody can. How? How did she cheat? You know? So uh, we're still following that story because the school she wanted to get into, you know, you have early admission and um, early admission decisions, I should say. So she missed that. Some opportunities for scholarships had to be, you know, postmarked by a certain date. Well, hell, she can't even can't even submit without that new SAT score. So she's missed that. She's missed a big um, scholarship opportunity from the school, you know, because of deadline as well. So um, the family does have a lawyer, and he, as a matter of fact, he's an alumni of that school that she wants to get into. So I'm hoping everything works out with her as well. Um, you know, she she wants to major in dance. Her mother's like she's been dancing like since she was two or three, and so it's like dancing is her life. And I, I can't even imagine what she's going through. You know what I'm saying? You got somebody who's working to get where they want to get to and they need to get to, but then you have parents who feel the need to like I know my kid is not good enough to get into Yale. And there was like five specific schools that they were they were trying to get into. Um, oh, Wake Forest, North Carolina. Wake Forest is one of the schools. Um, Yale, um, San Diego, and like two or three more. But you you have these kids that, you know, like what happens? What happens when they get to school? Like did their grades reflect A's? You know, even to the point where people were saying my child is the captain of like the, the rowing team so that they can get athletic scholarships. Um, and ain't played no athlete, and you know, ain't you know played no athletics at all. But they were getting athletic scholarships, full rides. You know what I'm saying? They was paying big money 
But still, like, what happens when they get there? And, of course, the athletic person, you know, they were overlooking that. But those who are like CBC, you know, students, then all of a sudden you get a 1400 on your SAT, and then you get to college, and then what happens? You know? So I just say to the young lady in Florida, you know, um, stand your ground in that, you know, make sure that they're doing everything that they need to do to um, get you, you know, or the, your lawyer's doing everything that he needs to do to get you justice in this case because it's, I I know, I know it's, it's not the only time it has happened and she's not the only person that it has happened to, but, you know, without not being able to give her a logical explanation, just, you know, that we flag tests because of kind of odd, kind of strange, you know, like she couldn't work for it, like she did, you know, kind of odd, kind of strange. Um, so I'm going to follow that case as well. Like I said, that's been going on since like December. We'll follow that one as well. Um, other than that, I really don't know anything else that is going on because <laughs> um, like I said, I've been in seclusion. I want to say congratulations to the parents of Leah and then maybe Leah. It's either Leah or Leah, May. She was born on, was it, uh, three days ago? Y'all probably like, who? The CEO of the crayon case? Yes. So um, she gave birth to her baby girl, beautiful baby girl, uh, earlier this week. I want to say it was Tuesday, but congratulations to her and her fiancé and um, her son as well on the birth of their new family member. That's huge. And she's so beautiful, so beautiful. People that were like, I know you want another one. Bitch, bye. No, I'm good. Like my oldest is 24, and my youngest is 13. What the hell? I don't, I don't, I don't even like kids like that. No, no. I don't even want a whole kids like that. No, no. So what I'm actually doing right now is I'm stalling because I don't know where my guest is tonight. I don't know, and that's odd. Like I kind of figure I know what happened. People, it is so important that you read everything that you're sent. All right, especially those who stay in different time zones. I believe that's what our issue is tonight. He's going to call in at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, which will be 7 Central Standard Time. I'll be gone by then. I'll be gone. And I really wanted to talk to him. I wanted to pick his brain. Um, I interviewed him a couple of years ago, maybe three, four years ago on my previous show. And uh, industry logistics, I'm going to say that, because his, his manager is his wife. And, you know, when I see them, I see such a happy couple. They're so happy. She promotes the hell out of him. She, um, on the on the music side, you know, she does everything that she's supposed to do as a manager. But then when you step out of that and you have to, you know, play the, the wife role, um, not that it there's like that huge of a difference. I don't feel it should be, but um, when I see them, you know, their love is so genuine, and um, their anniversaries, you know, days, you know, everything is just so so genuine. They're like the perfect couple. Black love, you know, um, couldn't be shown and documented any better than what I see out of these two. But I wanted to pick his brain because I want to know, like, I, and I don't know if she was going to be on the line or not, but I just want to know how how it is. You know, you have a lot of, well, not a lot, 
but you have a you know I've got a handful of of couples that are married um, in the industry. You know, B and J, um, Alicia Keys, and um, Swiss Beats. You know, you got Cardi and Offset. Um, so, and then we have couple couples. You know, like Light Skin Keisha and Coco Vango. Um, Jaheem and Dreezy, you know what I'm saying? You, I want to know, how do you find the balance between the two? Um, because it's hard as hell for me. It's really hard as hell. And but I never like to mix business with pleasure, and I don't know how the two of them got started. I, I assume he was always a rapper. As long as i know known him, you know, he's always a rapper uh, or a hip-hop artist, I'm sorry. And did they meet afterwards, you know, and then she just fell into this industry along with him? And they kind of rocked it out that way, or you know, were they together? And then um, his career started to blossom more, but she was always there, you know, to rock things out with him. Still, like I want to know, I want to know because again, uh, I I can't make this shit work for nothing in the world. And I mean, telling niggas the front, like nah, I'm good. Like I don't want to mix business with pleasure. I feel like that's gonna mess up the whole rhythm of what we got going on. You know, and they don't be hearing me. Like, they don't really be hearing me. Like, I messed up. Um, Y'all know I switched up hair colors, right? Like, I felt like I was wearing orange for too long. Like, I've been wearing orange for two years. Not everybody else is on the orange. So, I'm like, all right, let me switch it up completely. So, I started mixing colors, and they just, it didn't come out like I wanted to, but it came out like I wanted to. You feel me? So, I was going more of like, um, for more of like a mermaid look, and I got a unicorn and a mermaid together. Um, wow, that's, can you imagine that? A unicorn and a mermaid? Anyway, that's what the hair came out like, right? So, um, it, it just, it gives you, when you do something new, it just gives you a new outlook on life, you know? And so, um, I have a photo shoot coming up and I wanted to test out, you know, different makeup and lipstick particularly because my lips are bomb, right? So I tested out two colors that I normally would not wear and I wanted, you know, like opinions, like, all right, you you like this this color here or you like this color here, right? And one color actually makes me feel tame and subtle and, you know, I'm just angelic with it. But the other color makes me very feisty and I'm going to go after everything that I've always wanted to go after. Not that I typically stray away from doing that, but, you know, like, it's just, it, it made me feel, but there was a lot of, you know, mixed feelings about, no, I like this color, no, I like this one. No, I like both. A lot of people like both, so I thought, all right, so we'll mix them together and see what happens, right? Well, I've been playing with the colors, and they, they look all right. But the funny thing is about all of that, I said all that to say this, um, the inbox and the DM started filling up again. And guys know I hate people to be in my inbox, my DM. I, I, I don't, I don't, we're not talking business, you know. If we're not networking, I don't, don't, don't bother me. Like, I hate that. But it just seems like um, these colors and the hair, you know, just drew people to me, you know. And the first thing I say is, like, are you an artist? Oh, yeah? You in the industry? Oh, yeah? Never mind. I don't want to. Like, I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't talk to you. I can't, you know what I'm saying? 
And so I really wanted to pick their brain just to figure out how they make things work as a couple in this industry. Because, again, I've had no luck, none whatsoever. Now I've been one dude for like three years, you know what I'm saying, who is heavy, heavy in the industry. And he just couldn't get his shit together. Like, he was always, you know, we're going to set up wedding date and blah, blah, blah. And, yeah. And three years later, you know, we can barely stand each other. But um, I just want to see, you know, how they how they make things work, you know. Because um, maybe I can take some tips, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I look at Sierra and Russell Wilson, and I feel like they're perfect. They're so perfect, you know. And I, I don't want perfection. How do we get on this? I don't even know. I have no idea how we got on talk about. Um, fine to be a man, right? <laughs> but um, let me give you guys some music, all right? While I try to figure out what is going on. This is uh, Mojo Free out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana, with daughter. <laughs> Fuck me harder 
come at me one more time, bitch, I might just take your daughter. Now your man a pussy monster, call him Mr. Carter. Didn't play your role, baby, get a little smarter. Mojo known as Lapa, bitch, so please don't start her. Mojo known as Lapa, bitch, so please don't start her. about right don't quote me on it y'all know who i am so uh my guest is here yes my guest is here uh my guest this evening is frankie the game spitter like his name he spews fierce lyrics and rhythmic beats through his music with a unique individualistic sound frankie the game spitter is an aspiring star in the dense hip-hop culture frankie the game spitter takes pride in what he does he devises meaningful lyrics that would induce a lasting effect on his listeners in a way where a diverse crowd would be able to connect with his lyrics on a personal level. The struggles of life on the streets, the personal tyrannies enforced by a judgmental society, and the ability to find beauty in one's own flaws are some of the reoccurring themes of Frankie the Game Spitter's music, which binds a diverse crowd and unification. Born in Pine Bluff, Arkansas, and currently a resident of Dallas, Texas, Frankie the Game Spitter is at the top of his game when he is live. The ability to interact with the crowd is what keeps him energetic and fuels his performances. While Frankie withholds a distinctive individuality in his music, his sound and voice are often compared to the music of the inspiring Starperation from. Frankie the Game Spitter believes that a person can only excel in life by just moving forward. He believes that his music, with an upbeat harmony and a tell-telling characteristic, is something that aids his listeners in feeling motivated enough to pursue their own dreams and ambitions. As of now, Frankie the Game Spinner is entirely focused on developing a new project that is set to be released in 2019. Stay in touch to remain updated with new releases from Frankie. Indified listening audience, I present to you my guest for this evening, Frankie the Game Spitter. What's going on? How you hey, doing? What's going on? I'm doing all right. Yeah, you know, I'm going here talking shit about you. I was like, where the hell are you at? Then I thought about it. Man. You know what? It's know. that time zone. It's that time zone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what was crazy, though, man, we just looked at it, and it said 7 Eastern. I was like, oh, I was supposed to have been called. I'm so sorry, though. <laughs> yeah, man, my bad, man. It's all good. Great, it's all man. good. 
<laughs> so how you been? How you been? Because it's been what? It's been like three, four years since I chopped it up. Yeah, it's been like um, like three years or something. Yeah. How you been? Yeah, all right. Everything, everything's good. Uh, I'm kind of glad that I, I took some time off because I feel better. I, I know more. Uh, it's just... It's just a wonderful opportunity right now. That's what's up. I feel like maybe that's what I need to do. I have so much going on, and I'm overwhelmed, and um, just I can't seem to get right. I'm so distracted, you know, by everything that I want to do, yeah. and I can't really focus on the things that I need to be doing. And so I feel like I need to step back, but I'm just so passionate about this that uh, I feel like, I'm going to lose something. I'm going to miss something. I'm going to come back, and I'm not going to know nothing. So I'm like, you know, I, <laughs> I just got to do what I got to do, you know? Yeah, I, I thought that, too. I, I thought by me taking that time off was going to hurt. But actually, it helped because by me taking that time off, I was able to learn this music business, man, because – a lot of artists do not know, and they don't care to know the music. Business. No, no, by me, no. By me taking don't. that time yeah. away, by, by me taking that time away, me and my wife was able to sit back, reevaluate ourselves, and actually learn the steps of becoming a, a full independent artist. Yeah. That's what's up. A lot of people need to listen uh, to what he's saying, because we've had, you know, several artists on the show who mentioned, you know, they've learned every aspect of the industry. You know, they know the business side, they know um, production side, you know, they know um, going in the studio recording, you know, they know promo. They they took the time to learn. And I feel like this is your career. And so you shouldn't sidestep, you shouldn't be half-assed about it, you know. You should obtain every ounce of knowledge out there. And it changes. You know, you can get an email yes. in the morning, and by the afternoon, something else has happened. So you have to stay on top of the game. You really have to mm-hmm. in this industry. Where do you find yeah, motivation? Oh, man, I find my motivation in waking up in the morning. Uh, my son, my wife, the the positive vibes that I, I choose to create within my family, that that's my inspiration, man, my, my city. My whole state at the moment, they they that's like a big inspiration right now, especially the space that I'm in right now. Man, I got my head clear and I'm fully focused, and I know what I wanna uh, let the world know who I am. I know how I'm I'm gonna approach them. And I'm gonna let them know what I'm all about. I know now what to do. You um, really don't prefer to be classified as a a rapper because you're more of a game fitter. So break that down for my audience. Okay. Uh, a game spitter is a, a artist that critiques the difficulties of his craft. You know, that's something that, I mean, the word game spitter been around forever, but we actually decided right. to put, we decided to put meaning towards it. And when I say I'm not a rapper, I, I'm, I'm meaning that I'm not your typical, you know, everybody rapping now. So I, I didn't just decide to wake up and say, hey, I want to be a rapper and don't know nothing about it, don't have no kind of style. All I'm doing is fighting. I didn't want to be classified as that. And also, uh, I was in a group, Southern Game Spitters. And what we did was we we was all Game Spitters. Like, whatever our name was, it ended with Game Spitter. Okay. So, yeah, so I took that aspect and I I changed it and made a definition for it and, and – and my real name is Frankie, as a matter of fact. 
know. So I was like, well, I don't need, I don't need another alias. I don't need to portray to be somebody else when I can just be myself. I can be Frankie, and that that made me free to. I don't have to think about who I am because I'm Frankie. I know who I am. Frankie, the motherfucking game spill that bit. Hey, can you say that again? Who? <laughs> <laughs> Who would you say influences your style? Who influenced my style? Anyone who's storytelling and, and, and have content basically. Uh I love uh I love Scarface and Big Crit and I get my storytelling from uh Big Crit, Eight Ball, mm-hmm. Ghostface Killer, mm-hmm. lyricists, you know, people who, who yeah, really yeah. who will really touch you with a song. That, that's my inspiration. That's uh, they give me the, the 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 power to create. You know, when I think about uh, other artists that was before me, that's that's doing it, and I learn from them still to this day. I, I, I learn from them. So, saying all of that, what's what's your writing process like? Do you um, the lyrics come first and then the beat, or you gotta have the beat first? And then the lyrics. Uh, you gotta have the beat. Well, you know what? If you, if you have lyrics already, you got a song wrote already. You can fit that song to any beat. You know, you can fit it. But I prefer the beat first because the beat actually tells you what to write. You know, you got a beat and it's, it's talking to you. The beat talks to you. That's for me anyway. I, I can't speak yeah. to anybody else, but. When I hear a beat, it tells me what to say. Every song that I ever done, it was the beat that that that, that made me create what I did. One hundred percent the beat. How long have you been an artist? I I didn't, I didn't hear you. How long have you been an artist? How long have I been an artist? Well, I say this. I've been rapping since I was 15. I actually been an artist, I say, since 2011. I actually became an artist. I actually decided that this what I was gonna do with the rest of my life. Well, my wife put that in my head because I didn't, I didn't want to do this. All, all <laughs> I knew was, uh, you know, I, I'm a man. You know, all we know is to provide for our family. You know. Right. I knew I, I knew I knew how to do it, but it was my wife that kicked me in my head and told me that I honestly had a gift. I didn't know. I wasn't paying attention to that. I just knew I knew how to create. I knew it, but I didn't know, you know, what to do, how to do anything. But she told me it's time for us to learn. And yeah, so since 2011, I want to say, that's when we finally decided to really pursue. And I, I really considered myself as an artist about 2011. All right, so you you answered another question that was posed before you came on the show, and I'm I'm gonna backtrack and get to that one in a minute. But in the eight year time span that you considered yourself an artist, um, in what ways has your newer music changed from what you were doing day one? I started seeing things different, uh, growing, being in certain situations different aspects of life, you know, it, it, it progress you. If you grow, you if you're growing older, you grow within all the way around. So I feel right. that I was older and I and people needed to hear 
they needed to hear some real music, real original music. Because I was once the people myself. So I know what the people want to hear. They want to hear good music, whether whether they uh, 15 to 73. They want to hear good music. The only reason why they, they listening to what they listening to because so they, they of course, they're going to love anything that they constantly hear. So I feel that, you know, I, I put out real real good uh, original music for the people. Because like I say, I was once the people myself. Mm-hmm. So um, um, since you've noticed growth, and I feel like artists who can't say answer that question with the answer growth um, being incorporated in the rest of the explanation, you're stagnant and you, uh, you can't move when you're stagnant. You right. have to be able to step out of you know, whatever it is that's uh, keeping you positioned where you are so that you can find that growth. So I, I believe growth is yeah. important. And, and if I ask somebody and they say they've been doing this for 12 years and they tell me, well, you know, I go in the studio a little <laughs> earlier now. Like what? <laughs> you know? Right. No, you, you're still in the same spot that you were 12 years ago. So, yes, growth is most definitely important. And that is in all aspects of life. You, you, if you – don't find yourself growing, you know, week by week or month by month or however you choose to track it, then you are, you're compromising yourself, I feel. And you are staying stagnant, you know, and, and we just, we can't do that. We can't do that at all. Um, Which one of your songs, seeing, seeing growth, which one of your songs do you feel that you have delivered your best performance? Um, Either it be, you know, from an emotional point of view or from a technical point of view. Which song would you sing? City of Crimes, featuring MJG. Yeah, uh, that's that was like one of my favorite songs that I did not put out correctly. You know, so that I can say that song right there. I'm gonna let people hear that once we get everything situated. We're gonna put it back out. It's old, but having no one heard it, so technically it's still a new song. Still new, that's but right. I, I feel, yeah, it was still new, but I, I feel that that song really, I don't I feel that that song let me know that I can do this for a long time. It, it gave me the energy. Every song that I've been creating since I honestly told myself I was going to be an artist, honestly put it in my head that this is what I'm going to do, I think I've been writing some pretty good music, but I didn't know how to put it out right, so... You know, I, I put I put the a crime out, but I put it out uh, I put it out the wrong way. But that was one of my till this day, man. It's like one of my favorite songs that I ever created, like for real. Speaking of songs, I'm gonna talk about "Show Your Worth." Yes. Yes. Show your worth. Lead us into uh, that. Felt, okay. Uh, it's kind of like speaking for itself, man. It's time for you to show your words that you don't believe in yourself, what you're doing it for, you know. That, that's what that song basically about, um, showing your worth of, of growth, you know, showing your worth of responsibility, showing your worth of love, showing your worth of, of what you passionate about. That was the whole uh, purpose of that song, man, to show people um, the, the, the love that I have for my city and my state, you know, so. I feel that it's time for me to to show my worth because if you don't show your worth, what are you worth? That's right. 
So right now, I'm going to give you Frankie the Game Spitter with Show Your Worth. Guest 
Frankie the Game Spitter, and that will show your worth. I'm loving the metaphors. Um, look, I need some I need some intro music, and I've been trying to get people to get this done for me for like a month. So with that being said, I'm, I'm a, and then you could do what you do, and we can have intro music. All right, sound good? Yay! Okay, okay. <laughs> now, now, oh, I, 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 when I was started the show. I was going through, you know, different things going on uh, throughout the past week and just trying to, you know, buy a little time or whatever. And I, I, I wanted to, and you'll go back and you'll hear it. So I wanted to be able to tell you both, you know, um, personally, I love your love. Um, I love how your wife supports you. And I, I heard you mention, you know, your wife and show you worth. And you talked about her previously. And one of the questions that I actually wanted to know was, you know, how did this all come together as far as the two of you in this industry? Were you married first and then, you know, you started uh, your career or did you have the career first and then you met her and then she just got on board? Now, you answered that. Now, my question is because I, I seem to have a lot of issues with men in the industry. How do you make things work? How do you uh, separate business from your family, even though your family's a part of it, how do you know? How do you say, "All right, it's time. I, I can't be Frankie the game spitter today. I need to be Frankie for her." How do you and a manager as a couple? Well, speaking speaking on some truthfulness, uh, me and my wife we met in two thousand four. I was rapping, you know. I've been rapping since I was young, so yeah, you know, she get me in, and she knew. That I had to give the end, but we was just friends, man. We wasn't, we didn't fool around or none of that. We were just real close friends. That was it. And 2006, we ended up getting back together. So she been a part of this ride since 2004. She been a part of this ride, and, and me and her, we actually are friends. Like, like that's my best friend for real, you know. And I don't have to turn off Frankie the Game Splitter and, and, and give her Frankie because that's who I am. That's what I mean. That's what I meant by I didn't have to uh, have another persona. I can become Frankie the Game Splitter because I am Frankie. So I, I never had to change that. And the only way uh, this can work with your spouse is you gotta really be serious in love for real. That's the only way it's gonna work. You gotta learn how to talk to each other, uh, disagree, agree. That works, but you have to communicate. That's the number one. Thing. And my wife, she knows just like any other little woman knows uh, that if she got a, a man, a husband, she'll do. Social media. 
and their social media presence needs to be huge. How do you handle, um, I don't know, say some disrespectful woman tries to approach you, or even her for that matter? How do you handle, and you know it's, it's all entertainment because you're in the industry, but how do you handle instances like that? You don't let it get easy. You don't let it you just move forward. Uh, they're going to be just to see your response anyway. So put your energy to it, then you shouldn't feel no kind of way. Like me and my wife, no, I was performing. I'm going to tell you this. I was performing one day, and it was this lady. She was uh, My wife was standing beside her. She was my wife was recording. And she was booty bumping my wife like, oh, I love Dreadhead. She just was screaming. <laughs> and my wife just looked at her laugh, you know what I'm saying? And then when I got off stage, I walked right up to my wife. And the girl was like, "Oh, I am so sorry, apologizing to my wife and all that, but it didn't it didn't bother my wife at all because she know me, you know. If you know your, you shouldn't have to worry about groupies or random people, period uh, approaching you. People want to see, you know, people want to see stuff get started. So if you don't give them that energy, you straight." Those were great words right there. Were great words. I'm gonna tell my 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 ex boyfriend that if you don't give them energy, you know, you don't have to worry about shit getting started. I wouldn't have to, exactly. you know, step you out don't. of my person. And you how you just balance that out and made it work because you know yeah, you, you remember Franz, right? That. You can't get nobody in. Yeah. 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 We was together for three um. years, and you know that was a lot of our problem. <laughs> You know what I mean? But it was all entertainment. He just thought it was entertainment. And I thought, you know, nah, I don't find this entertainment, you know, or entertaining at all. You know, I find it very disrespecting or disrespectful. And I guess, you know, each person to each his own. It's whatever. Um, yeah. and you, I feel like you, know, you have people... to be dedicated. I think you mentioned that, too. You have to be, um, you have to really be in love. And you have to be, it brings you yeah. to the next song. Yeah. Let's talk about that real quick. <laughs> Alright. Dedicated. That that's a lovely song to me. I felt that in my bones when I did it. <laughs> I you know what? I was uh, I was writing the song, man, and uh, Angie and her little cousin Kennedy, they walked outside to the patio and I was singing it and she just instantly that's the that I need and we recorded the song, and it made me feel so good because it's like everything that I've been trying to do with this music is coming together. So when I did dedicate it, I had, I felt that there was, you know, I had to dedicate that to the people that, that looked down on me, the people that uplifted me, uh, the people that don't want to see me for the see me succeed. That was a song to everybody. Like, everybody got a piece of that song right there. And I, I wanted to create that feel. So when you hear it, I want you to feel the energy that I put into the song, you know, uh, from, from every aspect of negativity to positive. Yeah. Well, if you're just tuning in, you're live right here on Indie Fire with Nakia and special guest Frankie, the game spitter. And this right here is dedicated. Hello? Hello? 
Frankie the Game Skitter, bitter, not Skittle. Frankie the Game Skitter, featuring <laughs> Kennedy. Uh, that was dedicated. And you said that's Angie's cousin? Yeah, that's her cousin. So, uh, did she sing for real, for real? That was her first song, actually. Really? Like, she sang, like, not, not like, actually sing, like, uh, as a confession, but, you know, she sang around the house and all, but that was her first time actually being in the studio. Wow, she laid that down nice. Yeah, I, I typically did. do not listen to music prior to the show, but I, I, because Dedicated was getting so much promotion, I thought, let me go, let me go check this out and see what this is all about, and... Uh, everything that he explained initially about um, all of those people that, you know, naysayers, you know, your haters, um, even those that elevate you, um, those that see you through your growth, those that have seen you from the beginning and where you are now, 